Hello, I'm Derek Wheatley and welcome to episode 77 of the Weekly Wheatley podcast titled It's Getting Better. Um, it's 7am on a, on a Sunday morning. Uh, there's a At a certain point of, um, of the morning, there's just as the sun rises uh, in the east, it kind of catches the my windows, the back windows, the dormer windows. And there's a kind of a cool effect in this corner. You won't really be able to catch it on on the on the camera here, but there's a there's a cool effect in this corner of, of the light, how the sun shines in, which is really nice. You probably catch it on my glasses there, actually. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, so I, I've gone with a slightly softer tone when it comes to the the ring light in front of me. So um, hopefully it, it's okay. It looks okay from here. Um, but uh, I've also gone for the the earphones here because it is very warm, as you know. Um, obviously you'll be listening to this Wednesday but hopefully it's still warm but um, yeah yesterday I think hit 28 here in Athlone uh, I think it's supposed to be pretty much the same today I don't really want to be the one that gives out about it but people who know me know that I melt in, in these uh, circumstances so I did have my little uh, chill max fan on the go yesterday put a bit of water in the top and let the cold air come out and uh, just cool down my even if it's even if it's only cooling down my legs, it's quite a nice uh, feeling because um, in my room, the ceilings are quite low, so it can get very, very warm. Uh, I did go for a run quite early yesterday morning, actually. And I left here just before seven. Uh, by the time I was coming back, which would have been around maybe 20 past eight or so, it was really starting to feel, you know. So I, I, um, I've seen, you know, people do go for runs later uh, or even in the afternoon and I do not know how they do it because I was melting coming home and it was only like just after eight. So there you go. But it was good to get out in it to get some vitamin D before it got too hot for me and I had to hide and go watch a couple of films instead. But, um, you know, if you could subscribe to our YouTube channel, if you are watching this on YouTube, or even if you're not, even if you're just uh, if you're listening to it on Apple or Spotify or whatever your uh, podcast platform of choice is, Maybe you could um, go over to YouTube and just hit subscribe under this video and it would be uh, very helpful to myself and John just to kind of keep it rolling. Um, uh, uh, what? Last week I called the, the, the episode This Is A Low, which is a reference to a Blur song. Um, obviously, It's Getting Better is a reference to uh, the song by the Beatles called Getting Better. For, just for the nerds who like to know these things, because I like to know these things. Um, so I wanted to let everybody who may want to know what what the uh, the where the titles came from. So um, I thought the follow ups, uh, this follow up solo episode. I had a guest, uh, well, a couple of guests, I should say, lined up two two um, two lads coming on, and um, I, I, I meant I sent them a message um, on Friday. Yeah, Friday to ask would it be okay to leave it for a couple of weeks two or three weeks to get them uh, on again because I, w- I kind of thought it would be a, a good idea to maybe close the loop on this considering I did a solo episode last week um, I wanted to kind of follow it up I thought it necessary to follow up to explain what the story was um, over the past maybe two or three weeks um, where I was where I am now uh, because you know, a couple of people said to me that it was it was really helpful. The, the explanation I gave was really helpful to them who didn't know, you know, the extent of maybe a bipolar too low and, you know, where you go when you're in it and where you go when you're coming out of it. And I thought it, it seemed like a good idea maybe just for 
for for you know for people who 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 wanted to know a bit more about it i wanted to kind of cover it uh you know the guests promise you it will be back next week um and and a, and a special a special edition next week to be fair but i thought it'd be it, it was appropriate to kind of uh, follow it up with that um on my run yesterday i, I always have great thinking 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 time on my run and um you know the way if you hear people talk about depression and they describe it as a fog, you know, it's kind of in your, in your, I should say, a kind of a brain fog, a fog in your mind. I was kind of thinking of that kind of metaphor for it. And I, I, while I understand the metaphor, I've never really used it myself. I, I think that the, the fog metaphor for me doesn't seem fitting to, uh, to how I feel when I'm, when I'm in a particular low or a particular bad patch, because you know, when I think of fog, I think of, you know, there is visibility in front of you, you know, um, you know, it might be quite a good visibility, it might be five meters, but it's a visibility nonetheless. And I always think it didn't really fit my experiences. So I was thinking yesterday, what would, and I started thinking of a blanket, more of a blanket uh, um, experience. So, you know, sticking a blanket over your head where you can see that it's, either light or dark um but that's it you know it's there's a there's a there's no visibility otherwise there's nothing um outside of what's in your head and that heaviness is is there there's no getting away from it and all those kind of negative thoughts and and you know even going further now fortunately there was no suicidal ideation for me on this low but you know a few years ago there would have been and um when there is that like there's nothing you can't see anything else because like how could you see something else when it's something that you know traumatic in, in your in your mind so it's sort of a, like as a blanket as a better metaphor for what i uh experience when i'm going through it uh and then i kind of add you know talk when you are feeling like that the the anxiety cr- increases and the, the worry and and you know the uh um catastrophizing you know that kind of uh experience that i've talked about before where everything is is a disaster waiting to happen it's not like you know oh like for example just before i start recording i i brought my um you can't really see the setup but the setup's quite tight here i prefer if the microphone was centered to my face but because of the way i have to turn the computer and I have to turn my, my chair it's slightly off right so in order if you if you're watching this on youtube you see my hands come around the mic and go towards the computer like this but as i was bringing my left hand around i clipped just luckily just clipped the uh the full pint glass of water i have next to me and it it, it luckily maybe you know an inch or two went out of the top but it went over my copy book you know my lovely notes in front of me and uh it went over just just over the desk and that but if i hit that the way I hit it full force, catastrophizing it in my mind, that's the laptop gone, and then we're 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 in serious trouble. Now, some of you were thinking, and rightly thinking, what are you doing with the pint right next to your um laptop? And you know why? I just thought of it there. What am I doing? That's a ridiculous place. That's a ridiculous place to put a pint glass. So yeah, that that's that's really my bad. But I, I going back to the the metaphor, the the blanket. Like when the when the anxiety and the depression are one, it's like a tangled blanket that you can't get out of it. Like you know, you the the depression is strong and the the anxiety is strong, and you feel like you can't get where you want to go. Um, and I, you know, as we go along in this episode, it'll I'll point out to you, you know, that 
without somebody's help, without other people's help, um, you know, I would, you know, the blanket would have stayed tangled, or at least just, you know, over me. Uh, it would have been very difficult to, to, to move on to get to get to where I am now, uh, in a better place than I certainly was. Um, when I recorded the last episode, which I would have been um ten days ago now. I know it came out Wednesday, but I recorded it the Thursday in advance. So it's a good. It's a there's a good few days in between then and now. And when I listen back to that episode, I can hear it in my voice. I can hear it in the way I, uh, I express myself that I'm that I'm in that low, and it's 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 a very unpleasant place to be. And it's it's um obviously, but when I listen to it myself, it kind of it kind of hurts a little bit to see myself as 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 that kind of person. If you if you understand, so it's kind of yeah, it's 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 never good, but. Obviously, as we go along, um, as we jump those 10 days from where I was, um, it's been pretty uh, stark. And where I am now is is, is feeling much better. Um, the low was 10 days I worked out uh, from, from the start where, not from the, the first day, it was the, I talked about the, the irritability and stuff like that. I didn't count that day, but the next day was when it started. And then it went through 10 days until I started to kind of come out of it a bit like that. Um, uh, somebody asked me in 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 training what the the duration of the lows are like, and you know they can be. There is there is actually in the DSM five. Uh, there's there's a there's an explanation for what a, a medical low is. You know how long it is, and I think it's considered seventy two hours to be the 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 length. You know uh, for it to be considered a low. So yeah, so my t- so, you know, if they consider three hours or sorry three days, I should say, to be a low, then, um, I've had uh, weeks, you know, maybe four or five weeks of it. Uh, now severity is another thing again, and you know, trying to measure that off against the dis the the times the the length of time you're in a low is quite it's quite hard to do, you know, because the severity is, is obviously another addition. So, uh, when it comes to that one, it it was a 10 day low. It was uh, in the middle of it. It was quite severe. Um, it was, like I said, it didn't go as far as something like suicidal ideation, but it certainly was something that was really, really, you know, uh, grinding me down, but it involved uh, a little bit of pushback from me which I can do now, which I wouldn't have been able to do a few years ago, uh, you know, before the whole, you know, getting therapy and, you know, getting, finding the right medication and all those kind of things. So, uh, yeah, so it was, you know, I've had ones, like I say, I've had ones four or five weeks. I've had ones maybe five or six days. So this one was 10 days. It was relatively short. You know, it, it feels a lot longer when you're in it. Um, that goes without saying, but it it was it was relatively short, so it's good. Um, you know, I I'd hate to have it have to be you know a four or five, and I I always think like, and this isn't this isn't um you know scientifically correct by the way, um, but I always think you know when I have a, a low like this, I think well I'm going to get a high next because you know well that's how things ba- that's how the universe balances itself out. It it isn't the way it happens you know you don't like go from low to high low to high in bipolar 2 you certainly do in bi- with bipolar you certainly do but with, with bipolar 2 that's not the case and I think 
like I've said before, I think by I think um, highs are are, are are a lot more difficult to deal with for me than lows because it's like everything within you is going, everything that's happening is going against what's happening or what you're thinking in your mind. So you know to be over there to to uh, be chatty and just constantly talking and trying to you know involve people in conversations and text people and things like that and all that kind of stuff and not being able to settle and all you know it's 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 a horrible experience and it's not because i get them less frequently i'm less able to deal with them correctly i suppose is the best way of putting it so i do uh hate them so i was fortunately it didn't follow up by how it followed up by a a, a kind of a, a a level you know where I, where i could just kind of go back to um myself and be able to do things without this added layer of you know just chaos in my mind so it, it was it was a welcome return um i just gotta drink water because remember it is roasting so another thing that i found that i find interesting was when i go into i went into training on friday a couple of days ago um and there was a mix-up i i have my little area where i where i go and i feel you know um i don't know it's a it's a part of ocd thing obviously as well but it's a it's a comfort thing and it's you know i know the the weights are there and the barbell is there and everything is set up and i i'm always in there early in the morning i always go in even though training doesn't start at 10 i go in at about nine and i put my bottle down and i do some stretches because you know i'm 39 and uh you know these things have to be done and you have to look after yourself as you get older and get some proper stretching in and you know i've spoken to people about that before that it's good to do that get a proper stretch and do some uh stretching exercises up and down the floor in there so that's grand and i like going in there early anyway just kind of settle myself and like sometimes martin will send me the the the, the workout and i'll write it up at the board that kind of stuff you know make myself useful basically um so the mix-up was i i uh, went in and so we we have mat we put a mat down for our stretching and then we put a, a bottle of water on top and i thought right my place is secure here now martin says right go out for two laps of the car park there nice and easy just to warm up i say grand now i'm out jogging and i come back in and there's a set of keys in a bottle there and i'm like I think I said something to Martin, but anyway, well, um, there's no way I was going to make a, a, a scene about it because my bottle was hidden behind the bar, behind the pole. So the person who put the keys in the bottle down wouldn't have seen the bottle. That was my mistake. And they arrived late. So, you know, whatever. So I went over into the corner and then I was in the corner. I, uh, I was thinking, why is it so bloody warm in this corner? You know, it's obvious because it's not near the door, either door. It's it's right in the corner. So it's really humid in there because it's very warm now. And it's a big uh, space that we're in, in in fusion there. Um, And then the bar that that's set up, I pick it up and I realize it's all dirty and rusty and all that. And I'm thinking, what's going on with this bloody barbell? Like, uh, but obviously someone had taken down the newer one and replaced it with one of the older ones for some reason. But. So I'm wiping this bar and I'm thinking, what, you know, instead of swapping straight away, which is again, you know, you're in the middle of it, you're in the middle of training, you want to do things quickly. So instead of swapping straight away, I try to clean the oak off and I think I only made it worse. 
then I swapped it. Then I, we were doing these jerk split things. I, don't, I never know the name of these things. I just know the movement. So it, it's the toughest. Basically, it's the toughest thing with regards. For me, anyway, when I'm, when I'm like lifting weights, it's the most difficult, um, you know, action. So I'm not getting it right. And I'm, I'm still putting the weight on, but I, I feel that I'm just not getting the footing right, which is it's the, it's the hardest bloody footing for a big, awkward guy with no balance that's basically what it is and that's it sums up all my body movements um so I, I i'm trying to get this and i'm getting so pissed off and my 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 t-shirt is properly sticking to me at this point and i'm like pulling it off pulling the, the shoulders pulling the shoulders trying to get it off and martin's kind of hovering around and i think he knows and he's not he's not coming over to annoy me and he's just leave me to it and i'm, I'm just in a mood so as everybody's doing the stretch down, I'm just sitting there because I'm getting ready for the second class. Um, and I'm sitting there uh, and I know I know that the next class is a partner uh, workout. So you got to, you know, match off with your partner and they do 10 squats, you do 10 squats, they do 10. It goes back and forth through all the different, um, you know, the different activities or movements or whatever you want to call them, different positions. And uh, I'm like, oh, this is the last thing I'm, I need in my life at this point and I'm slipping that's the that's the thing I feel like I'm slipping and I'm thinking don't go down that road again you've literally come out of it a couple of days ago and now you're starting to really just get yourself wound up and annoyed um and then you I was partnered off with Amanda now Amanda um I would have mentioned Amanda on here before Amanda uh, very kindly had me on talking to her uh, her class out in the Moat Business College um, one of the days and uh, Amanda's such a nice person she checked in with me when I was feeling when I was feeling down and you know uh, I really appreciate that um, appreciate anyone who did it but you know it's it's such it's a touching thing for me and it's something that I won't forget any single one of those people um, I won't forget it um, so I'm I'm partnered with Amanda and we're we're just like I, I'm, I'm still a bit wound up and a bit pissed off, but I'm kind of thinking, like, I'm, you know, get through this because when it's the partner wad, you feel a bit more. You know, you can't slack off in a partner wad. You got to get through it because you, the person's waiting for you to take their turns. You're going back and forth, back and forth, and and we we did we flew it. We honestly did. We we did really well, and um, you know, it's just the way Amanda is. It's just the, how she um, how she carries herself and how she acts and. Uh, I, I don't really know if she knew I was pissed off or, or in a mood, but I wasn't by the end of it, you know. So um, I'd say thank you very much to Amanda for that um, because it was, uh, it, it improved my whole day then, you know, and it, and obviously would improve my day, it improved the next day. So uh, thank you very much to Amanda if you are, if you are listening to this because, uh, yeah, you cheered me up that day, which was great. Um and, and and saying that, like, you know, with regards to Amanda and everybody else, you know, the reaction to when the podcast came out, obviously it came out Wednesday, six days after I recorded it, um, I was starting to, to feel uh, much better in, uh, about myself. But, I mean, the the, the messages, I, I talked on the last episode about the messages of support when I said I was going to do an episode about this, about, you know, uh, the low that it was in, but the messages I received after the the podcast again, I'm 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 not going to say the people's names, and the reason for that is because um I don't want to forget anyone because you know 
every single message was as important as the one be- that went before it. Uh, but, you know, it, I can't really um, uh, describe how, how uplifting they all uh, were. You know, the 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 text messages, the the, the messages of support face to face in the in the gym and the people asking how he was and even a couple of people asking just to explain the 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 the, the, um, the moods a bit more and explain how they work and how a low works and uh, that kind of stuff is it, that's what it's about as well you know it's it's about people who may not know what the situation is may not know what bipolar two is um wanting to educate themselves in that wanting to find out more about it it's about putting that message out there i was talking to my mom about it and she said like more people you know it's it's great that more people are hearing it. and if more people could hear it that'd be brilliant so it's 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 like people being wanting to be educated about it is is what it's all about because if you educate yourself about it if you educate your your family about it then it's uh, you know, it's part of the battle. You know, if somebody down the road, you know, touch wood, it won't happen. But if someone down the road is diagnosed with something like this, it's it's important that they know exactly what it is they're facing and, and the the uh, the ways that they can deal with it and the ways that they can help themselves or their family members or their friends, whoever it might be. So, you know, that's just as important. I got a couple of voice uh, messages off people again. Do you know, um, it's just... It's just good. I got one. I, I will mention one name. I got one off off Tracy, who was on the podcast before, and will be again soon. That's just a that's a little uh, spoiler there, but yeah, she will be again soon. But you know it, it, how she talked about it um, on the voice messages, and it, yeah, I had a smile on my face listening to it because it's kind of she's like obviously cool and sound and all that as well but you know the, the way she described it and it's the thing she she deals with in her profession with regards to anxiety um that uh she can see you know and hear and in, in her in the people she her clients um but she was so nice to send this message to me and a message of support and a message of uh but uh, yeah not sorry i should say a message of support but not just support but a message of you know um you know, a friend checking in on on someone who we haven't seen each other in a while. We'll have to catch up for tea soon. But that that um those kind of things were very touching. They were very moving, and uh, you know they uh yeah they made me very happy. They gave me such a boost, especially as I was coming out of it. It was like that that kind of last little hit before uh before I got back to my um normal uh, salubrious 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 self. Okay. Gonna read out the advert now and uh, won't knock that lamp over. We'll try not to. Fusion Training Center, Monksland, Athlone. A place to train in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, kickboxing, martial arts, and CrossFit. A great atmosphere with experienced coaches and a real sense of community. If you want to join the team, find us on Facebook at Fusion Training Center or drop in for a chat. Fusion Training Center, train like a warrior. Again, open now. Martins, we're all in there sweating very warm um but yeah it's great it's great uh it's great to be there and socializing and seeing people again um and maybe i wouldn't have have had the uh the courage to post about this kind of low if i uh if i didn't have those people in there you know who knows so so that's that's another thing that you get when you are in the low and i think 
I think I was getting a bit of that on on Friday where you kind of you start to think, Oh, I can do this alone. Yeah, nobody I don't need anybody else. You know, they're you know, it's 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 easier alone. I can't, you know, keep people can't be annoying me and all that. And, you know, obviously when I'm out of it, this is the funny thing, like it's it's complete contrast when you're in and out of it. Because when you're like I said, when you're in it, you're, I can do this alone, I don't need anybody. I can I can handle all this. I'll just plow through it and you know because that is the i'll say the irish way but i don't think it's more than irish I think it's more of a universal way of of thinking where you're like i'll just plow through this and i'll get to the other side and and uh, I, I think <laughs> i don't know if everybody has realized it i think i certainly have realized it but that's a very unhealthy approach to <laughs> to the situation um because you can't well i can't if you can good good for you but i definitely cannot do that you know plow through it and think I'm on my own, uh, you know, sitting there Friday with Mooey heading me after my uh, after my first session and just being uh, uh, being kind of my 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 ego being humbled in a way when when we were when I was training with Amanda and realizing like even just one person can can help you get through a, a, a kind of a, a tough situation. There's something that's weighing you down. So the idea of being able to plow through alone for me is not is not a, is not a, a way forward. It's not something that I can do. Uh, and you know, once that blanket that I was talking about was lifted off, that all those messages of support and all the chats that I've had in the past two or three weeks that actually, do you know, it's, this was the one that was, this was the low that I had that kind of most, um, the experience of that, of other people, because I was more, uh, open about it. This was, a. I mentioned it. I t- I said I was going to do a podcast episode about it, and people knew the situation. Then, you know, if you're if you're if you're in your shell or under your blanket or whatever your metaphor is, that's that's not uh, you know that's not something that you're able to kind of uh, approach or uh, put yourself in in this situation. So when when you do realize that and you're in the low and you 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 no, I'm not saying that everybody in a low should go on Instagram and. You know, I wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for the podcast, obviously, you know, but I'm not saying that that's what has to be done. But there is people and I hope there is people in your life that, uh, you know, you can say it to. Uh, it doesn't have to be a group um, the way I did it, but it certainly can be one person or two people uh, and they can be your your little uh, your little backing band um, and be the ones that can tell you, like, this is how it looks to us. And maybe you should do this to help yourself with this, you know, um, and, and the best way of looking at it when you're out of the low is what you would do for somebody else and how you would speak to someone else. And and that is really what it's about, like, you know, what you would do for other people and what you would expect done for you. And then you can go in and push on and have that little support network and realize that there's so much um, there's so much more, uh, you know, than just yourself and plowing it along alone. And, you know, what I learned, you know, through this, uh, apart from that kind of support is that I am stronger than I, that I give my credit, myself credit for. Now, I need to remember that when I'm in the next low, and that's the challenge. But I, now when you're out of it, I, I, I do realize that I am stronger than I, 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 I give myself credit for and I can endure the the lows and the highs, um, but I can't do it alone. I can endure them. 
uh, I can, you know, find things to keep my mind occupied and keep myself busy during them, but I can't do them alone. And I have to remember that too, because if I start thinking I can do them alone, I slip back into the same thing that I always had that I could plow through them and be like, like, you know, be tough and resilient and all that. And uh, again, people who know me, you know, say no more. Um, and it's okay to admit like those to uh, to mi- admit to those lows to people that you know will be uh, you know supportive or you know uh, take it easy with you and re- you know d- pull back a bit and not be you know demanding things of you that uh, in every uh, you know every other day you're more than capable of doing but they have to give yourself they have to give you a break just as well as you have to give you a break so I admit to feeling like that now and. Um, that's kind of uh, takes a load off uh, and it's, 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 it's massively important for me. And I, I was with my, uh, my buddy, Josh, I will have mentioned Josh uh, many times on this uh, podcast. Um, so I was with him the other day, we went into the recovery rooms place again. I was telling you about before with the cryo bath and the sauna and jacuzzi and the, 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 the things that you put in your legs that help with blood flow, I think it is. But, um, I shouldn't know that really, shouldn't I? I should have asked. But uh, I was talking about the the, the experience or the the challenge. Um, what's the best way of putting it? Really, the the kind of you can. We were talking about ego, and we were talking about like you know trying to trying to conquer the 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 the, the your own ego, uh, and uh, you know learning about how the the mind tackles different things and how you can set yourself self sorry set yourself up to tackle those things um and I, i'm sure there's more ways than two but what i kind of mentioned to josh was like there seem to be two ways of, of doing that for, for that i can see and one of them was my way in the sense that i was forced to uh you know uh, kind of deal with the ego and, and deal with these difficulties because they were put upon me uh, and Josh's way seemed to be he went out of his way to learn about these things, learn how to do it, like, you know, read up about it and and, and watch, uh, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, watch stuff online about it, all those kind of things that you can do to educate yourself on these things. Um, and it seemed to be we had kind of came to the same conclusion, uh, only through the, 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 the two different routes. Um and, and and like the ego is such a such a thing that you know uh, we all obviously have an ego, but there's 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 outward egos and there's inward egos. Like there's you know um, extroverts and instro- introverts. Um, so I I think that you know with when it comes to my ego, uh, I I think the competitive nature thing is is not something that was ever in me. So that's that's removed immediately from the from the situation. But I think the ego is definitely uh, has been um, controlled a lot more through the lows and the highs and the the anxiety and things like that because um, I think it's very easy to not very easy that's the wrong way of putting it because it's not easy to to control your, your ego but I think it's been helped a lot by that because it's been every time you get checked you know your ego gets checked every so often like it did in the last two or three weeks and for me you can't then let the ego go, you know, mad once you're outside of that, because then it's like this humbling 
uh, almost not even humbling, more, almost like a beat down. If you let your ego go away from you and then you get in a, a low, uh, you know, a number of weeks later, it's like a beat down. But where Josh is, is coming from is a different level of, you know, he controls it through um, realizing that there's so much more things bigger, external and internal than than the ego. And he's able to to um, to put himself uh, or check that ego through all the knowledge he has he has gained and, and, you know, looked up and read and whatever. So we were talking about this um, and this is where I'll probably wander away from the, 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 the mental health side of the, this, this podcast. But I think we were, we ended up talking about this in relation to, to fighting, you know, and into, in relation to Conor McGregor from last weekend. Now, this isn't just a Conor McGregor thing, by the way, this is a, a kind of, a thing that seems to be happening now, and it's happened, look, it's happened for many, many years, but it's just the cases that we've seen at the at this moment or the, the studies that we could do on, on some people in this moment is, is incredible. Because when we talk about Conor McGregor, like, and the, the kind of the narcissism with regards to, uh, to, to how he, you know, carries himself and speaks, um, and the and the cult, the, the kind of cult fandom that follows, or I guess cult is a wrong word because it, it suggests something different than what I'm trying to put across. Cult is, you know, in the way he has a cult. It's not like a cult following. Like if you talk about a cult film, it genuinely, gen, generally means that it's a it, it's um it's a smaller, um more kind of off the grid kind of film so it's never going to have a huge following in, in a in a general sense but it does have a cult following conor mcgregor's following is more than cult but it's the kind of fandom fandom is probably a better word the thing about like what i've noticed about uh, conor mcgregor uh, recently is is um and I, I heard someone actually talk if if you want to address what happens in the octagon what happens in the cage with conor mcgregor that, that there's no excitement there anymore because he's losing you know the, the, he's 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 only won one fight in 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 um five years i think in in the ufc which is incredible you know if any other fighter had won one fight in five years in the ufc they wouldn't be in the ufc anymore but any other fighter it doesn't you know money is what it what it boils down to so the the excitement with regards to conor mcgregor is coming from outside the ring and his antics outside the ring but the reason i bring up the fandom thing is be, is because it seems to me that every time he speaks about falsehoods you know things that are absolutely false there's a camera there that can show you it's false um it reminds me of the whole Donald Trump thing where the fans are going to believe whatever he says anyway, regardless of the camera or regardless of, you know, the, 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 the evidence suggests otherwise. And it was the same with Donald Trump. He could say what he, if he wanted, he's still saying whatever he wants and people still believe him. Um, and it just, I, I, I got to thinking about this, this, this ego thing that, uh, you know, we, we had, sorry, we didn't speak about the ego and, and the ego thing with, with Conor McGregor after the fight, you know, with, with his latest fight, he lost, he lost a doctor stoppage. He got, his his leg was broken. Now he's getting beaten in that fight. He lost the round. Um, Conor McGregor, if people don't know, is not a man that's going to come out in the second round and be as good as he was in the first because he's a fighter who is better in the very very early rounds, and he goes down. the 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 evidence is there. He he tends to kind of go down after that. His cardio is never as strong as the other fighters. 
and he obviously he loses the power in that left hand that he has. So he said when he was on the ground, he was you know saying some terrible things to Dustin Poirier about killing him, which Poirier took real exception to because he shouldn't bring that into fighting, which is obviously I agree with talking about murdering someone when you know people can die in that sport. It's not like ping pong. If you're saying it in ping pong, you'd be like me, that guy's crazy. But um, Poirier, uh, McGregor continued to insult Poirier's wife as well, which is just, uh, you know, that's what is kind of his thing now. He did the same to uh, Habib. Uh, he had a go Habib's religion, all this kind of stuff. He he He's lost. When you lose your touch uh, in boxing or in, in, in UFC or whatever, MMA, um, it's pretty apparent in the the octagon that that's what's happened you know when you're fighting better fighters um are people who are on the up when you lose your touch when it comes to your trash talk which mcgregor was very good at at the start it was a very very irish dublin thing where we we are exceptional at slagging each other off you know without being too close to the bone it's very you know it's playful there's a bit of bite to it, but we don't cross the line. There's lines you don't cross when you're with a bunch of, bunch of uh, mates or whoever it might be. We all know it. We we don't cross those lines. He started crossing those lines. He started, you know, throwing stuff at buses. And, you know, as I said about talking about people's religion, their parents, everything get under the skin of the opponents, but really starting to lose the run of yourself, really starting to lose that, that uh, you know, that kind of, um, trash talk that made you famous and you just turn into this nasty guy and when we saw at the end of the fight with Dustin Poirier he was sitting on the on the, the mat with his leg broken still talking about the wife still having to go with the wife Poirier suggested that McGregor, McGregor uh, uh, must have cracked his um, cracked his leg when he kicked Poirier and Poirier checked the kick and then when his foot went back he it snapped uh uh John Kavanagh McGregor's coach then came out and said no no it was when he kicked Poirier's elbow that's when it must have uh fractured and then when you landed back in it it snapped completely so then you know, when McGregor's gone out on the stretcher, which he said Poirier would go on the stretcher, McGregor's gone on the stretcher and he's doing his dance. I don't know what he was doing. He was doing some sort of a dance thing. And uh, after the fight, he started to say, well, I had some stress fractures in my leg from kicking without shin guards on. We were training without shin guards on. So I straight away thought, why are we training without shin guards on? Now I asked, excuse me, I asked Martin about this and Martin said that he's heard of fighters, you know, training without shin guards on and that it's it's a it's a normal thing but surely leading up to the fight you know the in the fight camp which is eight to ten weeks maybe don't do that you know i, I don't, i'm not a fighter i'm not a coach i've never done mma don't do that you know it seems a bit ridiculous that you leave the option or the chance that this could happen to you but he said there was stress factor fa- fractures so then yesterday the day before a uh, UFC physician said there was no stress fractures. So that's what I'm saying to you about the idea of the ego and uh, of of fandom coming together to create this uh, narrative that oh he had his le- his legs were already like that before the fight. You know he would have won that fight. He would have won that fight. Believe everything he says, and we have to stop worshiping our heroes as much as we do. Basically, hey look, everybody hears me talking with the Beatles all all the time. 
John Lennon was a scumbag at times. There's no way getting around it. He uh, hit his first first wife. Um, he admits to doing that. Uh, he was particularly nasty to certain people. He he was a bit of a bully. Um, so do I love John Lennon as a musician and a songwriter? I absolutely do. But his character is different. If I was to lean in any Beatles way, it would be to George Harrison, who was more about peace and uh, you know the universal kind of language and talking to everybody as if they're the same and you know loving life and trying to be look I'm not as spiritual as George Harrison but I'm saying I would I like his attitude more than John Lenz absolutely we need to stop putting people on these pedestals the other reason I brought up the ego thing was because I was I was watching this document like Conor McGregor's loved by millions and millions of people maybe not as many now but certainly millions and millions of people still love him I was watching this short documentary about Sonny Liston, right? And Sonny Liston was a guy who, he was the 24th of 25 children, okay? He, he, he doesn't know when he was born. They have the year, but he doesn't know a date or anything like that. He had a, a, such a tough upbringing in the cotton fields, you know, and his dad would, he used to talk about his dad would bring him out in the cotton fields for the day, working in the heat, and then beat him when he got home. You know, this, this grueling life. He got into boxing. He was uh, sent to prison a few times. Um, you know, this is this is a this is a black guy growing up in the south as well. By the way, um, he uh, he was in prison. They used to use him to in, in boxing matches just to beat up uh, prisoners. He gets out of prison. He starts boxing. He goes into the the heavyweight uh, division because he's massive. This guy is huge. Like he's the first kind of super. If you think of super heavyweights, when you think of someone like Mike Tyson, Sonny Liston was the first Mike Tyson, basically. Sonny Liston, I think he won his first world title against Floyd Patterson. But everybody hates Sonny Liston. All white people don't like Sonny Liston because he's a big, uh, dominating black man. He, they don't like him. They're immediately put off by the idea in 1960, this was when he won his heavyweight title, they're put off by the idea that this man is holding the belt. When they had Floyd Patterson as the world champion, they had him jumping through hoops for the white people, you know. So now Sonny Liston wasn't like that. He was, he was seen as this scary man, you know, this can, typical st- stereotype they had of a black man at the time. And I guess they probably still have now some people, you know. Um so, you know, he, all he wanted was to be loved by, by people. And that's where I kind of draw the comparison with Conor McGregor, who is loved by people, who, but turning people against him because of how he's acting and how the ego isn't, the ego's gone out of control and it's not letting him, uh, you know, be a, a, a normal person as it was. The money thing is one thing. I know that as well has changed Conor McGregor quite a bit. But Sonny Liston was always looking for for that love uh, and admiration that that McGregor seems to take for granted now. Sonny Liston was beaten by Muhammad Ali in the first fight that they had, and there was a whole controversy about Sonny Liston's corner man putting stuff on his his gloves to blind Ali, who who suggested he was in a couple of rounds, blinded by something on the gloves. Sonny Liston fought again against Ali. Uh, There's that that famous shot of Ali standing over him, shouting at him, but there's a, it's called the phantom punch. Sonny Liston was surrounded by mafia men. Sonny Liston was being used by mafia men at the time as, as a guy who would go around and beat people up for them. They suggested he took a dive. Some commentators say it was a perfect punch. Um, Ali was standing over him, shouting, 
get up. They won't believe this. Um, so from there, Sonny Liston went on. I think it was, he only lived another three years, maybe four years. He, uh, he started taking heroin. He was, uh, led around with the mafia. The suggestion then that he died when he died from the, from the overdose, that it was, uh, it wasn't him that had administered it. It was, uh, somebody who wanted him dead. He died at 37. Okay. Never loved by people. All he wanted was to be loved by people and to be accepted for, for a great fighter. And these, you know, other fighters who are, you know, up there, like, like, uh, McGregor's the perfect example of it, who, who was, who was allowed the ego to take over. And as he's allowed the, uh, the, the hype to, to completely derail his fighting career. Cause now he's, he's, a. Uh, He's an advertisement for the UFC. He's an advertising for for his whiskey. Um, I know he sold that, but I think he's still involved with it. But um, he's he's an advertisement for the businesses that he's in, rather than you know anything else. He's not a top contender anymore in, in the fight world. He's uh, he's just turned into kind of a mouthpiece. And uh, when he talks about stress fa- fractures of the leg that he had before, and even though that ph- physician came out and said it wasn't people will still believe it, McGregor, that there was stress fractures there. That's why he lost. He's never really lost a fight. It's always an excuse, something else, you know. He says he beat, he beat Khabib in that fight. He got finished in the fourth round, but he could beat him. He got, he lost 3-1. He lost three rounds to one, basically, but he still believes that he beat him. And because he said that, hordes of other people believe it. So if you want to, you know, compare two fighters, one that's loved, uh, you know, all over the world uh, um, by Irish people and Americans and everybody else uh, who's who's kind of taken that love uh, for granted now and he's lost the run of himself and the ego has, has, has achieved what it wants to achieve which is to take over and you know Sonny Liston is, is someone who, who died no one cared about him uh, nobody loved him nobody even knows when he was born and uh yeah it's 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 sad in that sense when you when you line two people up like that that everybody knows or has heard of and that's the that's how they turn out um it'd be interesting if they swap places to see how Sonny Liston would have dealt with that adoration you know um but maybe he would have gone on the same route we we, we will never know I I watched the documentary on YouTube it was, it was really short but it was really nice really a great documentary sad as anything but well put together. And I, I bought a book, the most recent book that came out about Sonny Liston. So I look forward to reading and, and finding out more. Um, I just want to address as well, because the Euros were on last Sunday and the, the um, you know, the, uh, the final uh, Italy beat England on penalties. Uh, I'm not going to say I was cheering for England because that would be disingenuous of me to su- su- suggest that I, I did want Italy to win. Would it have changed my uh, life if England win? Not really, you know. Um, but, you know, there's a history there. There's always been a history there. And to be fair, I actually quite like the Italians. I thought they were the best team in the tournament. I wanted to quickly mention that the, the whole idea of the, the, the racism afterwards, which is more important than a bloody game of football. The idea that, you know, all we heard in the build-up, because we got a lot of English, you know, commentary over here and you know it's it's because bbc's there utv's there and all we heard is how southgate was bringing the country together and the players were bringing the country together and there are heroes and all this kind of stuff you know um 
and then it gets to the to the, to the final and the penalties and three young, uh, very young, uh, tw- nineteen, twenty, and twenty-two. I think Marcus Rashford is. He could be twenty-three. Step up to take penalties in a European final uh, with Europe watching, Europe and 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 beyond watching. They have the courage to step up and say, "I'm going to take a penalty here." Um, I'm going to pick out Bakayo Saka, who, because he's an Arsenal player and I, I'm a fan of Arsenal, that uh, a 19-year-old is stepping up to take a penalty. He's never taken a penalty in, in his professional career. I'm not going to go into the manager, did, shouldn't have had it. Forget about that. The penalty was taken, right? He missed the penalty. But when he's walking up to the penalty spot, he says afterwards, he said it a couple of days ago in an interview he did, that he knew if he missed it, he knew what the race, racial abuse was going to be like. Now, what part of coming together is that, you know? Um, and 19, like, imagine, what was I doing when I was 19? Like, the only thing I was worried about when I was 19 was getting to work on time, getting paid, and then going for a few points. That was my, uh, that was the levels of my responsibility when I was 19. But Kaiyosaka took a ball, put it on the penalty spot, 60,000 people plus in a stadium. All of England expects... If you miss, you lose the European Championships. And the ball, he's looking at the, I can imagine this kid looking at the ball and basically saying, right, if this goes in, we're still in it. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a hero because I, because I scored a penalty. I'm not a full hero because if I scored, we win. That, that wouldn't have been the case. But if I miss, I'm going to be racially abused by a, a certain amount of people. I can't imagine... How what he's been through, what him and Rashford and Sancho have been through, but I'm not surprised by the disgust, the disgusting uh, racism and actions of of a certain few over in England. Uh, it's not just England, by the way. It's there's, it's everywhere. But it, this is just a case in point, bringing the country together. You know, piss off. You know this kind of it, there's obviously me, a white guy, saying that there's no place for. It it's it's kind of falling and you know it doesn't really matter what I say but I'm just making the point that a 19 year old 20 year old 22 year old racially abused for kicking a football it's like Jesus Christ um I hope to head to Dublin in the next uh, few weeks to get a start on my on my swimming in the sea uh because I I want to I, I think I mentioned I want to get get start into that before the winter and, and get because I can't get even get into my belly button when the ice then that cry about so I really have to start with the Irish Sea uh, in the summer uh, so in the next couple of weeks hopefully I'll be able to get up to Dublin and, and get a few uh, I get a break away from you know from from the norm from at long I haven't been up there I think since January uh, of last year um, and that's such you know such a long time ago with all that's gone on it's a bloody long time ago uh but yeah just to kind of get up there uh get a get a swim in the sea um go for a run out by you know uh, Dunleary up at the pier uh just go in maybe go into the city for a look around by a couple of dvs just that kind of stuff just the difference you know we all have our we all have our different kind of breaks and holidays that we like and that's the, that's really all mine uh all i'm capable of capable of at the moment but it's 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 a lovely breakaway up to my mams and just kind of relax um next up actually on the podcast i'm not going to mention the names because if i mention names it'll fall someone will pull out and then i'll have to explain why they pulled out and i don't want to do that 
But what we're doing, we're having the most subjective quiz of all time. Um, we're having uh, three former guests uh, of the podcast uh, coming on and one special guest. All lads. I'll explain that in a minute. All lads. And what we're going to do is what the idea is. I haven't written yet what, what the idea is. It's the quiz. The answers are based, you know, point scores are based on my subjectivity, objectivity, whatever you want to call it. But it's kind of like the idea, you know, uh, three Desert Island discs. And I will judge those songs out of, you know, one to ten, three fantasy dinner guests and why. And I will base their answers out of one and ten we'll come to a, a, a kind of a, a bit at the end of the program where i'll throw in a couple of easier ones just kind of keep it lighter but the lads will know the questions beforehand the, the trickier ones uh, so they have some time to think about it and i'll judge it off that so the reason i mentioned that there's going to be lads then a few weeks later down the line we're going to have four ladies on who have all been on the podcast before and we'll ask pretty much the same questions to them. Um, we'll judge it. I'll be, you know, impartial as always. I love all the people coming on, by the way, all eight people coming on over the two episodes. They're all sound. I picked them for a reason. Um, uh, so we can have a bit of crack, uh, a bit of a laugh, not take it too seriously. But what the idea is, if, if I can make it work, it's again, it's very, it's very difficult to They've made it easy for me, but if you can imagine, I'm trying to organize all five of us being free at the same time. Some of these people have kids. Some of these people have dogs. They all have lives. So I'm trying to, I don't, I have very, I can be very flexible when it comes to the times, but trying to organize everybody. They've all said yes, which is amazing. I've have, I've not had to go to someone else because someone can't do it. I'm really looking forward to it because the last two episodes have been pretty heavy uh, for the most part. And I want to move away from that now. Then those two, these two episodes that I'm talking about aren't going to be about mental health at all. They're just going to be having a bit of crack. Um, you'll see my, uh, you know, my tastes as well because you can judge by the scores of who I'm judging it off, uh, what I, I, I'm into with the music and, and, and their dinner guests and all those kind of things. Um, sorry to crack my neck on screen. But uh, I'm, looking for, I'm looking forward to it. That's, that's one. Uh, there's... Um, I, I've really, I've really got to thank actually. The, before I go, really, I really have to thank everybody for allowing uh, these episodes to to be out there and allow and 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 listening to them. I should say. I was asked by by uh, one of the girls in uh, CrossFit about if 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 after recording the first one, this is before. Or sorry, this was after I recorded before, but before it was released. If I found it a therapeutic. Um, exercise the, the, the doing that podcast the last uh, the last one um and it's funny like with all t- talking through it all and all like you know the heaviness and things like that i never thought of it as as that but it, i certainly have found it therapeutic i found it you know to talk your way through things even though i'm just looking at myself on the screen i'm fully aware that there's this you know i'm doing this podcast what 77 episodes now i'm fully aware that there's people listening back to this and it has been therapeutic. It's got a lot, a lot of things off my mind, a lot of things off my chest, allowed me to be a bit freer, to be a bit emotional and kind of vulnerable, uh, which is always very important to be, by the way. You don't have to be tough all the time. That's all, again, it's like when I talk about the last episode, like it's, you know, it's all right to cry. It's not about a manly thing. 
it's all right to be vulnerable too and to come out and, and talk about these things to people or talk just to the screen like I, like I am. But I, I, I thank you very much for let, allowing me to do these and uh, to, to feel better. Um, you know, this is, it's, it's five to eight on a sun, Sunday morning and I'm going away from this feeling lighter and, and, and kind of buzz that not, not because I finished and recorded and I didn't make any mistakes because that's normally what I'm buzzed about, but because, uh, not only have I got stuff off my chest, but I've I've kind of closed the circle uh, on these on on this little episode and uh, these two uh, these two together have been hugely important for me. So I'm glad I got it out there, and you're you're brilliant for all, all for listening to it and responding to it as you have. Um, so that's it for this week. Uh, obviously, I want to thank John, um, for the for the for the stuff. Um, thanks to my mom, my dad, my granddad, Jaron Calvin, for for being, uh, you know, helping me get this together every week. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like I said, it's we're 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 slowly picking up the numbers there. It's if we can get to a thousand, we can do some live stuff. And I'm not doing live stuff, and we can do it on that. If we're doing live stuff, I'll do it on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, which I've just yeah, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Obviously, we're all on there. The weekly weekly. Um. We are on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, Google Podcasts, etc. Uh, yeah, it's getting better, as the as the song says. Uh, I I try to put in, <laughs> it's getting better because in the song, uh, McCartney wrote it quite a bit of it, and he says it's getting better all the time. And then John Lennon says it can't get much worse, which sums up the two of their outlook on life. But. Uh, that's why I didn't want to add that in on my Instagram story post, that part of the song, because I didn't want it to be a bit of a downer at the end of it. But yeah, listen, thank you very much for tuning in. Like I said, you've all been brilliant. Uh, look out for next week's episode. Five faces on screen, one mute button. I'm in charge. That's directed at one person, one person alone. <laughs> all right, take care. Have a good one and enjoy the sun. Bye.